Now, earlier uh, on the program, we had Anjali Apadurai join us. She is the NDP leadership candidate. She announced her health care plan today. Uh, we talked a little bit about that plan, but we also talked about, of course, a speculation that she may not uh, be able to finish uh, this leadership run because there's been speculation that she may be booted out by the party as early as next week. We did talk to her a little bit about even if she were to stay on, let's just say she was able to win and won the leadership. She would be, of course, the leader of the NDP, but there's been talk, of course, that the NDP caucus, those very MLAs that are elected, wouldn't accept her. So she would not be premier. I posed that question to her. Uh, Take a listen to what she had to say. I came into this leadership race quite late, and um, I didn't come in with the relationships, not having been in government. I haven't had a chance to work with the members of our caucus, and and most of them don't know me. And, you know, as we run this very fast-paced leadership race, I'm, I'm reaching out, I'm having these conversations, and I'm making contact so that they can get to know me. I'm confident that as we continue to have the actual policy discussions, as we continue to do this relationship building and show that we're genuine in our efforts, I'm sure that we'll be able to win people over. Joining me now to talk about Anjali Apadurai's leadership run is Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief. Hello, Keith. Hi, Jess. Uh, Anjali uh, pointed a, a, painted a very um, rosy picture of, of uh, how things are transpiring. What are your thoughts on, on how this is all going to come down in, in the next week or so? It's really the most important thing here is the caucus. At the end of the day, this is a government caucus. It's not an opposition caucus. If this was an opposition leadership race, I don't think this would be nearly as problematic a situation as it is now. But when you've got someone basically who declared war on the caucus and the campaign branding the government a total failure on so many fronts, and you didn't see that with Christy Clark when she ran the BC Liberals because she had been a member of the caucus. So this doesn't happen very often. And she may not have talked to the caucus. I've talked to the caucus in the hallways of the ledge during the session. And I have yet to find a single person who uh, supports her or even would support her if she were to win the leadership. She would not have a seat. And so it raises a, a very interesting scenario that if she were to run, and she, again, she's not a, a, an official candidate yet. That decision has not been made. Uh, we expect a decision on that front sometime next week, likely Wednesday or so. Uh, it would be fascinating to see a situation where the caucus had a leader they didn't support. And that would raise some constitutional questions. The lieutenant governor only meets with her first minister, which is the premier. And that would be John Horgan. It would not be the leader of the NDP. That's not a minister. That's not hasn't been sworn in as premier. So it's uh, it's interesting. I wonder if John Horgan would even continue on as premier if Apadura were to win. But it's an interesting situation. She's tr- she's obviously trying to um, change the messaging she's bringing to this race because some of the interviews she's given to media outlets a few weeks ago. I think has come back to haunt her when she brands the people she's professed to want to lead as complete failures on a number of files. Well, she's talked about, uh, you know, her opposition to Site C, which, uh, you know, it's not completed, but it's well on its way in the billions of dollars. She's talked about her opposition to LNG, once again, uh, the largest private sector investment in the history of this country, well on its way, should be opening, I think, in 2024, 2025. Um, in many ways, uh, it's it's hard to sort of understand uh, the NDP. And what I mean by that is, you know, this was a, was going to be a coronation for Mr. Eby. Prior to that, uh, John Horgan became leader without any opposition. It was, it was a coronation as well because nobody wanted the job. This party really hasn't had a real leadership race where they're actually fighting over ideas and membership in a meaningful way 
for probably what a decade now, a generation. Well, you, you go you go back to the the race that uh, Adrian Dix won, uh, where there was uh, John Horrigan, Harry Lally for a time, Mike Farnworth. Um, but again, those are people who had all worked together in a caucus previously. Um, this was not a case of a complete outsider who rejects everything they had stood for. Um, that wasn't the case in the last uh, couple, last several BC Liberal uh, leadership races and the last uh, NDP leadership in 2011. Even you go back to the 90s and the 80s, the leadership conventions there. I covered the Social Credit Convention in 86, 12 different candidates. They all worked together afterwards because they were all from the same party uh, and it was cut from the same cloth. Even though Apadurai ran as a federal candidate in Vancouver Granville in the uh, last election, the federal New Democrats and the BC New Democrats, even though technically they're all part of the same big umbrella party, there's a world of difference between the two. They do not share the same policies and the same, uh, even the same philosophy on a number of fronts. And again, because this is a government party leadership race, it's different than an opposition one. The stakes are so much higher, and that's why there's so much scrutiny being paid to her campaign. I've talked to a number of Democrats. I've yet to see one who's who's confident. Uh, that she, her candidacy is going to be legitimized or, and allowed to, to run as an official candidate. How does a party that uh, has a majority uh, have such low membership numbers that it appears an outsider uh, from the environmental movement can essentially uh, come in and potentially take it over in the manner that she's done it? I mean, isn't this a, a, a glaring reminder? A, Mr. Eby not signing up enough people, but also just to... Uh, 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 an indictment of the NDP itself of not uh, sort of rejuvenating and building on their membership. Well, first of all, we don't know how many people David Eby signed up. We don't have no information on membership numbers other than that there were 11,000 at the beginning of the race. But, you know, only a couple of days after John Horgan made his announcement, a, a senior B.C. liberal strategist over the years phoned me and said, hey, the NDP's only got 11,000 members. They are vulnerable to a takeover here. And I said, well, then, yeah, they are vulnerable. 11,000 is not a big number to swamp with a well-oiled uh, machine, in this case the environmental movement, to dogwood, uh, with a big database of uh, people who support them and easily contactable. Uh, the Green Party suddenly, elements of the Green Party can suddenly become active in this campaign. So they are the authors of their own mess, quite frankly, by not doing what it took to make sure those membership Rules are much larger. In a, in a one-person, one-ballot uh, situation, you do the party does become vulnerable. I have talked to caucus members who were concerned the sign-up period was so long. Some argued that it should have just been in the hands of the members who were members of the NDP when John Horgan made his announcement, and no more sign-ups. Uh, but, of course, that's all gone now. But we'll see how many uh, memberships are disqualified. Elizabeth Call, the former NDP cabinet minister, is the party's chief electoral officer. She's presenting a report to the party executive next week. Presumably, she will have a recommendation in there, either about her candidacy and or the memberships that both, perhaps, candidates signed up here. It's a mess, but the NDP is the authors of their own mess here, and it's no one else's fault. And they asked the Green Party for help to go to vet the two-party memberships, and the Green Party understandably said, no, this is your problem, it's not ours. 
uh, you're not going to have access to our confidential information. So it's an unprecedented situation, and we'll see how it plays out next week. Well, it's going to be fascinating because uh, it, 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 whoever wins this at the end of the day is going to be premier of this province. So uh, lots well, of drama. Oh, no, again, we don't know if after Durai wins. Yeah, that's I, an open question. I don't think she will be premier. Well, if Mr. Eby does, he certainly will. But it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the drama that we're seeing, which the NDP doesn't need. It's supposed to go in and, and uh, uh, this should be done cleanly and you move on with a new leader, but certainly this is embarrassing for the party. So we'll definitely keep an eye on it and look forward to chatting with you next week. Thanks so much, Keith. All right, Jess.